Welcome to Macquarie Street, the national political podcast coming to you from the crucible of Australian democracy. Here's your host, Lyle Shelton. Well, it's fantastic to uh, be joined right now by Wendy Francis, a a good friend and former comrade in arms. Uh, Wendy's the National Director of Politics with the Australian Christian Lobby. She's been uh, around politics a very, very long time, over a decade uh, with the ACL, but uh, certainly interested in political and cultural issues for a long time and a great campaigner for the innocence of children, uh, the sexual uh, campaigning for the dignity of women and girls. And uh, Wendy, uh, I think... Our viewers will agree you've done an amazing job and you're greatly appreciated and it's a great privilege to have you on this podcast today. So welcome. Thank you, Lyle. And it's always really good to talk to you. I um, you, took a, you took a bit of a risk on me, I think, just over a decade ago when you agreed to put me on um, in Queensland as State Director. So I'm always grateful to you for that, to you and Jim Wallace. Um, but yeah, as uh, before that, leading into that, I actually ran with Family First and I think That's that right. was my first sort of dipped my toe in the in the waters of politics and it gave me an understanding of how important politics is in terms of the well-being of our nation but it also um it did make me realize in my own position that I was better served impacting politics than being in politics so Mm. but it was an amazing experience running and then yeah to start with ACL I've I've really enjoyed that journey but well, still, well, there's a couple of interesting me. points I could pick up on there, Wendy, and and, and uh, we might as well. Uh, first of all, you're too kind about uh, me and Jim because, as you well know, um, and I'm, uh, we actually um, declined you. We we appointed someone else, uh, and uh, yeah, I think God always... had other ideas, <laughs> and uh, he, he made sure that we got he you. Cut me deep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know. It's, it's I, I have reminded you of that a number of times. You have, now. you have, you have. Yeah. And, and I couldn't yeah. sort of not be honest about that with our viewers uh, this morning. So, so God had His way. Uh, we didn't get ours, and uh, and it was definitely the right thing. And I've I've loved uh, working with you over the years, Wendy. Um, you mentioned your experience with Family First. I'm glad you brought that up as well because you almost got elected to the to the Senate for the state of yeah. Queensland. You came very very close, didn't you? Yeah, it was close. Um, got around four percent of the vote, and that was the first time I'd run. So. Uh, I think rather than um, that being that people wanted me, I think what happened was that people wanted an alternative uh, that was speaking their voice and we were speaking their voice. Mm. We were saying enough is enough in terms of sexualisation of children. That was my main um, platform and people really responded to that. So it did come close um, and, you know, if God had wanted me there, he could have had me there. But, mm. but I think even though we didn't win, we got a message out. And from that time on, I'm not saying it was me, um, but I think there's there's organisations such as, I mean, Letitia Shelton, you know, we, we all love and know her, City Women, Collective Shout, um, you know, and, and the voice of, of ACL at that time and Family First, we have seen a reduction in the sexualised advertising. Still a long way to go, but we are seeing changes there. And so, yeah, that was a good opportunity. Yeah, no, good on you, Wendy. And look, I think um, you're quite right. Uh, Progress has definitely been made over the last decade or so as lots of activists um, have been in the field. I still think there's a great need for a partisan uh, political uh, vehicle. And um, as viewers know, I'm still uh, seeking to work in that space. It's been a bit of an up and down journey, but I'll have more to say about that in coming days and weeks. But uh, Wendy, the reason for us uh, talking today is um, you have helped uh, with ACL coordinate another brilliant 
uh, election survey and uh, you and I were involved in these over over the years as well and uh, Jim Wallace who you mentioned before who really got ACL up off the ground he really pioneered this idea of a detailed um, nuanced uh, survey to help um, educate voters and uh, I'm just thrilled to see what you've produced on the ACL website for this election I think they've come a long way since those early days um, tell our audience why it's so important that they they take you know the, the five or ten minutes to to read a more detailed survey of what the candidates and the parties think rather than just looking at a, a, a ticker box uh, checklist you know and that's not to demean that they have their place right. but uh, this type of long-form survey why is it so important so what we've tried to do is to highlight, first of all, the candidates' positions. But if there's no candidate position, then I think the fallback position is on your party. But what we've seen in the previous um, parliament that we're just closing out now is that um, whilst the Liberal Party would tick the box on religious freedom, they were not able to deliver it because some of their members actually crossed the floor. So even though they would have a tick in religious freedom, they were not able to deliver it. The Labor Party would also tick religious freedom because they want, they and I, I seriously do believe that they want a form of religious freedom going forward. But what sort of religious freedom is that? So when you ask questions about, okay, what, what do you think about uh, Christian schools being able to employ and to even um, unemploy somebody who does not adhere to Christian values, then that gets a little bit sticky for them. So it's all very well to have a tick that, yes, we support religious freedom, and they definitely would have, would tick. Uh, but when you dig, when you drill down, and then, you know, particularly for uh, the Liberal Party, who they can, uh, they give their, every single one of their members has a conscience vote on every issue, really, you've got to find out, well, how is my representative going to vote? Because there's 151 electorates, there are 151 representatives. That's why it's called the House of Representatives. Yeah. There's one person from every electorate and your representative is going to vote on behalf of you. So I think these questions are really important. Well, they are, and, and, and particularly for the issue that you just raised there of religious freedom. And, of course, this mm. survey that you've put online, uh, it's at, AC, at vote.acl.org.au. That's vote.acl.org.au. I'll put that in the... Um, in the uh, comment section later for people to go and have a look at. But that issue of religious freedom is interesting because the Liberal Party responded to your 21 questions and they range from human rights for the unborn through to compassion for refugees from Afghanistan and, and the whole gamut. It's a really detailed survey, 21 questions. But on the religious freedom issue, we don't know how the individual Liberal candidates are going to vote because they haven't told us. The party has just given blanket answers on behalf of each candidate. And that's no good when you have, as we did in this parliament, five rebel Liberal MPs cross the floor to to break an election promise uh, and, and trash their government's election promise, essentially. Correct. And we did get a letter from the uh, Prime Minister on religious freedom and what he was promising to do post-election should he be re-elected. And his wording, um, he used the words that he they needed a consensus. So he needs to get a consensus to actually get the religious freedom bill, religious discrimination bill through. So that's that's a promise, but not a promise at all in one way. So um, it's really important who gets elected because to get a consensus, you've got to have people who are prepared to support their leader in this. 
Yeah, it's a tricky one. And it is disappointing that um, whilst it's great to have the party's position on those 21 questions, um, we, we still don't know and what the consensus is going to be within the, in the Liberal Party. So that, that's a big question mark, of course. But uh, uh, we're a little bit critical of the Liberal Party here. But um, the big news about your election questionnaire is, is Labor. Where's Labor? Yeah, um, Labor are MIA, um, but we do we did get a letter also from Mark Dreyfus, so we didn't get one from Anthony Albanese. Um, and yet it's Anthony Albanese's office that I've been talking to mostly about this, not to him personally, but to his office. And when you get the message from his office, it's actually, um, you know, there's a number of things that I felt quite encouraged by. But when we got the letter from Mark Dreyfus, it was just very high level and there was really nothing um, to celebrate. I have done a video just yesterday um, with Senator Deb O'Neill and um, Deb is someone who identifies as Catholic in the Labor Party and it was quite a frank interview and that will be um, launching, you know, towards the end of this week as well. So we, we do have individual people in the Labor Party who are prepared to talk to us about it but there's no statement. I think... My understanding is that what the um, Labor Party want to do is to immediately throw it all to the Australian Law Reform Commission, the ALRC, and and that can be good or bad because, uh, you know, we're going to have to start a campaign all over again. Yeah. I don't think that the Labor Party will pick up what we've already done. Well, that's interesting. This is where I think probably both sides of politics are pretty much the same. They're both ducking and weaving over the religious freedom question because the sticking point really is as to whether Christian schools can be allowed to uh, be Christian in terms of what they teach their students, uh, the uh, codes of conduct they have. And and uh, unfortunately, this debate's been framed as if religious schools, Christian schools are the bogeyman here just wanting to beat up on gay and trans kids, which is a big fat lie, but it's it's become part of the, um, the narrative, unfortunately. And so we have this catch cry of, well, we want to protect religious rights, but also gay rights. And um, there's mm. There's a real conundrum there, which, uh, as you say, probably the Australian Law Reform Commission is going to have to sort out of this campaign or start all over again, most likely. Mm. It's so frustrating, the um, this you know the talk of Christian schooling because the safest place, and the kindest place, and the best place for any child who is confused about their gender is in a Christian school. Yeah, that's where that, they're going to the get truth. love. That's where they're going to get accepted. That's where they're going to get truth. Yeah. yeah. Let's just look at some of the other questions. Um, I was interested in your question about the, the um, national curriculum. So I think we realise a lot of the reason why Australia is in such a, a terrible decline is young people are being brainwashed into cultural Marxism, identity politics, gender fluid ideology. And you ask a question about uh, gender ideology, this idea that children's gender can be fluid or not. And you ask about this being taught at schools Yet the Liberal Party, in their response, say it's not part of the curriculum. Now, that might be true in a technical sense, but it's it's also not true, isn't it? No, it's not true. Um, and it has been under the Liberal Party's watch that this has all come in and it's been very disappointing. But there's been so many respectful relationships. We all know about safe schools. But there's uh, a number of different um, types of these programs and they are part of the national curriculum. They're part of the PE program. And if you dig into the resources, I would the only um, qualification I'd make is that um, I think Christian teachers can choose resources that perhaps try and avoid this. Uh, but there is no doubt that the gender ideology is being pushed through our schools 
And that only you only need to see the, the huge increase, the spike in children who are identifying as gender confused or or um, transgender that you you realize okay there must be something going on and what is going on is that at school they're constantly being told that they can choose what part of this spectrum that they're on and it's a lie yeah it's it's really um disappointing to see these responses from the government i, I mean i think we know that um scott morrison as a christian uh, he has made many good comments about this whole gender issue he says he supports senator claire chandler's bill to save women's sport he's been backing Catherine Deves his candidate in Warringah, who is also a champion for, for women's rights and girls' rights. But um, we get these mixed messages, don't we? Um, you know, they're not prepared to take a stand in terms of gender ideology in the curriculum. And whilst uh, the Prime Minister will support Claire Chandler as an individual, he's also been on the public record saying that uh, a bill to save women's sport is not government policy. So um, what are we to make of all this? So e even the response from the Liberal Party in the questionnaire is confusing as opposed to their public comments. Yeah, it's a real shame that these sort of bills need to come as private members' bills and, uh, and then they don't get the support. And yet, as you say, publicly, the Prime Minister was very supportive of it. Um, I, I think, you know, even one of the debates that was held, um, both of the opposition leader and the Prime Minister were asked, what is a woman? And they both gave the right answer. So they realised that there's something going on. They had been, they'd obviously been primed with that to know what to say, that people, that Australians would actually accept. So they're able to say it in a question like that. But when it comes to um, teaching children, they're actually teaching them something completely different. And so for Claire Chandler's bill, she's had so much support um, and, and we will be pushing, and I think we should really get everybody pushing, that this actually does get presented and get voted on. It's the same as um, George Christensen's bill, the Born Alive bill. Um, it, it, and I'm going off track there a little, but again, it's another one of those um, private members' bills that everybody says, oh, yeah, no, it's a good bill, but it's never going to be a, a government bill. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to come back to the, the pro-life issues, but just, just to round off that discussion about gender, yeah. um, you know, the Liberal Party response to your questionnaire says that um, the Morrison government is committed to um, saving women's sport. I'm paraphrasing. People can go and have a look at the, uh, the questionnaire. But um, I was disappointed to see the Prime Minister say when he was asked about Catherine Deves and her support for Claire Chandler's bill that he said the government has no plans uh, for a for a government bill to save women's sport. So, you know, we all know that if it's left in the domain of a private senator's bill, it'll go nowhere. But um, we've got, you know, conflicting advice from the Liberal Party in terms of your questionnaire, their response there and what the Prime Minister has said publicly. So, um, mm. again, it just well, underscores the need for discernment from voters, doesn't it? We've just got to be so absolutely. careful. Yeah, and I'm really, like Saturday night, one of the, one of the seats we'll all be watching is Catherine Deans, and wouldn't it be yeah. great if she got elected? Because she, you, you'd have her there, you'd have Claire Chandler, you know, down there. You'd also, Jacinta Price is another one who is really yes. pushing this. Absolutely. And so we've got some strong women in there. Yeah. Um, saying, no, this is going to be, you know, a government bill, then, you know, I, I reckon we can make it happen. I, I think they will. I think um, between Jacinta and if, if Catherine Deves does get off the line, and it, it's it's certainly looking like it's possible, um, she's still behind, but she's made up a lot of ground on Zali Stegall. You've also got uh, Senator Alex Antich down there in South Australia, uh, who's not up for re-election, but who, who whose term extends into the next parliament, and he's someone 
who has been strong on this. He famously asked our chief health bureaucrat, <laughs> Brendan Murphy, what is a woman that, that went viral. So, yeah. when the, the pro-life issues, you mentioned um, George mm. Christensen, who sadly is uh, leaving the parliament, um, uh, his uh, Born Alive bill. Uh, that didn't get support from, um, from uh, the Liberals either, did it? No, it didn't. And uh, what they tried to do is to sort of say this doesn't happen. And it's, it's absolutely crazy. I don't have the stats on me, but I'm happy to, to give them later and be able to put in your comments because the stats are really quite high. We're talking about hundreds of babies around Australia in the past decade that have been born alive post an abortion, have been viable babies and have been left to die. Now, um, this is a tragedy of enormous, enormous stature. And, and for any Australian, it is uh, barbaric. And so George's bill was totally reasonable. He wasn't even he wasn't asking for every baby to be resuscitated after an abortion. He was saying babies at the same gestation who are given so in one room in a hospital you can have a baby who is born at 26 weeks and um and is given every medical care to survive and they do they survive and they not not just survive they thrive. And in the room down the, the corridor, there can be a baby born at the same gestation that is a failed abortion. Baby survives. Baby is given yep. no medical care, no pain relief, no love. Um, yep. This is just barbaric. Yeah, no, it, it is, Wendy. It, it just it seems unbelievable that the Liberals could um, give these sort of responses to questions because you're quite right. George did provide all that information. He even had the parliamentary library research that they validated everything he was saying about this being a problem for you know for, for hundreds of, of babies. It's not no small thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but but again, the other aspect of their questionnaire, you asked them about um, funding uh, and and tying our federal government, i.e., our taxpayer money, uh, to public hospitals, um, that, 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 that their funding would be contingent upon them uh, performing abortions. Now, this is the Liberal Party again saying they supported that proposition, which was a proposition which the radical uh, Tanya Plibersek uh, from Labor took to the 2019 election. And now it's Liberal Party policy at this election. Again, this is what your survey has flushed out, these really important mm. nuances in the debate and, and it just shows sadly that the coalition the liberals and the nationals are just as extreme as, as some of the most extreme in labor that they would take money away from public hospitals unless they uh, perform abortion to birth which is what our laws allow and uh, one of the most recent revelations has been a letter from uh, the coalition with under the signature of the prime minister which i still find hard to believe that he actually read the letter but I understand that he has defended the letter. But it, it, it states that not only are we proud of our abortion services that we provide here in Australia, but even more than that, we want to actually push them out into our neighbouring countries where we give foreign aid. Um, this is like I, I, when I heard George Christensen read that out um, and say that it was from the Coalition and from the Prime Minister, I needed to see it for myself because I just thought this can't be right. Um, so we, this is a shame on our nation and a cloud that hangs over us constantly. It and I, the, the, the thing that I'm excited about is, you know, we went to the March for Life here in Brisbane just recently and the age group is young. Yeah. They're not me. They're not, I mean, there's a lot of me there too. You're, you're young, Wendy. You're young. <laughs> young at heart. <laughs> but I tell you what, it's the young, there is a young pro-life generation rising yeah. up.
Yeah. And, um, you know, to see those members of Parliament on the stage, you know, we had Matt Canavan, we had George Christensen, we had Michael, um, Senator Michael Roberts, we had Amanda Stoker, who is an absolute champion. If we lose her, that will be a really devastation but um, yes yeah. yes oh, look i agree look and those um those uh, one nation and and coalition mps you mentioned they are all champions the fact that they go to that annual march in brisbane that cherish life so wonderfully puts on every year yeah. is just terrific that letter you mentioned that george christensen released at that letter uh, i like many others put that on my facebook page um i i, re- mm. and I don't mind saying I, I will say this um i received a phone call from a cabinet minister a couple of nights later uh, very upset with me for posting that and, and trying to defend the letter. But I, I just said to him, look, this is what the words say. The Prime Minister's signature's there. I said, you, you, the Prime Minister needs to clarify this. Now, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and yes. see. But I, like you, Wendy, I was yeah. shocked and devastated to see that a Christian Prime Minister would sign a letter supporting uh, abortion and the funding of it and the promotion of it to our region through our overseas mm-hmm. aid program. I, I mean, at least he could have said the Liberal Party's policy is a conscience vote. There, there was other things he could have said, but he chose not to. He yeah. said, chose a full-throated support that Tanya Plibersek could have written. Yeah, in response to George Christensen asking for babies born alive to be given pain relief. Like, it's just, it was, yeah, it, it um, to be honest, it just made my heart just weep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a big one. And, and look, we, we've been very critical, obviously, and, and for good reasons. We're picking apart the um, responses, and and uh, I just want to reiterate again, as you said earlier, Labor didn't even respond. They haven't even given, uh, you know, probably the biggest, or certainly one of the biggest um, political lobby groups in the country, the courtesy of a response, so that uh, the constituency can know where they stand on these key issues. Yeah, and I think we do know where they stand too, don't we, Lyle? Because on the abortion issue, um, they have some very strong advocates for abortion to birth for any reason. Uh, They have the the, um, Emily's List, so women get uh, support, financial support to run for the Labor Party if they will support, again, abortion to birth for any reason. And so uh, I think we know where they stand on this. but it's disappointing that they won't actually put it down in writing because they know the response from the Christian constituency will not be supportive. And they went to this election, they went to this term of government saying we're going to reconnect with Christians. Um, This is a big one for Christians. Yeah, look, I think that's right. And and you mentioned Senator Deb O'Neill, the Labor senator from New South Wales, who is a wonderful, uh, wonderful woman uh, and I think is very, very sincere. But I think you know, this is my editorial comment. I think she's trapped in a party uh, that, despite her best wishes and best intent to reconnect with the Christian constituency, particularly Western Sydney, where they lost it big time uh, last election, um, it really, to me, seems a forlorn hope. But you don't have to comment on that if you don't want to. But, um, I, my, my comment would be that we need good people in both of those major we do. parties. Yeah, mm. we do. And, and Deb, Deb is certainly one of the good ones, and, and Don really Farrell is. in South Australia is another one, um, and Helen Polly, of course, in Tasmania. Yeah. Now we're naming names, but but they're yeah. some of the outstanding ones. Um, we do need them there, but uh, they certainly are limited, as are many in the Liberal Party on, on standing up on these issues. Wendy, um, time's getting away, but I want to cover a couple other quick issues as well as and, and comment on some of the uh, minor parties as well that have, that have responded in detail. Mm-hmm. But um, we started off at the... At the top of this interview, um, you mentioned, you know, your passion for uh, the sexualisation of children, trying to stop that. You've got a terrific question there about age verification uh, online. Now, again, responses there disappointing from uh, the major parties. 
really disappointing because there was a cross-party committee um, that presented a report early 2020. So it was just as COVID hit. And the, the thing that frustrates me about that is COVID hit and it sort of lost its momentum. Mind you, I'm always a little bit sceptical about these reports from committees because we seem to spend so much time in committees and then nothing happens. But we lost the momentum. But then during COVID, this was the, the absolute most important time because kids were at home, they were online, and we had no protections for them. And so this report um, was uh, protecting the innocent, protecting the age of innocence, that beautiful name for a, a government report, you know, protecting the age of innocence. And what it was suggesting was that we need age verification laws similar that, to what we have in gambling. So it's not, so I've got grandchildren, um, I've got an 11-year-old grand, grandson, would not be easy for my 11-year-old grandson to gamble. Um, there, there are gates and doors and hurdles that he would have to go through. He would have to actually take his parents' credit card or and their licence and these sort of things from, from their wallet. So it, it would have to be a very um, considered action and my little grandson would, would actually not even think of those things and most 11-year-olds wouldn't. So there are gates. With pornography, no gates. Nothing. You just you you click on a link beside one of your games. Like you can be in Strawberry Shortcake game and click on a link and find yourself in the depths of the most depraved pornography like that, just a click. Mm -hmm. And so what, what this report was saying is we need the same gates as we have for gambling as we do to, to have for pornography. But, you know, there's a pushback because people don't want to give their ID to go and look at pornography. If they're so ashamed of it that they don't want to give their ID, then, you know, that says enough, isn't it? But they will not even protect their children um, because they want to actually have the freedom to be able to click on that link at any time. And we have to protect our children. And so this report was an excellent report, mm. uh, but it, it's gone by the by the wayside at the moment. But we, we continually bring that up. And with the, we do have a few champions. Um, Julian Simmons, who is actually my um, LMP uh, guy here in Ryan, where I live, he is one of our champions in this. So that's there are some, but not enough again. And it makes me wonder, you know, this is my commentary, I guess, too, but it makes me just wonder who is who is wanting those clicks yeah. to be left free. Yes, you, you wonder what the vested interests are that um, affect even the Liberal Party, you know, while as a Christian Prime Minister, et cetera, uh, and, and so many good people, uh, many of whom we've mentioned in this interview, and yet there isn't the will and the courage to implement something as basic as age verification, uh, despite, you know, a Senate report, which, as you say, lays all the evidence for it out very clearly. So no, good on you. for you know, We just got to keep up the fight. And, and um, the importance of, of having those questions at election time is, is just helps elevate that. So so good on you. We haven't mentioned the minor parties very much, Wendy, and we should, uh, I guess. Um, so you had, um, I noticed that um, they were uh, much uh, better in letting the individual candidates respond. Um, so if you go on the um, vote.acl.org.au site, you can go to your local electorate, you can click on, so I'm living in uh, in Sydney, I'm in the electorate of Bradfield, I can click on there, I can see all the candidates, it's really brilliant. I can click on the minor party, the UAP guy, for instance, and he gets a green tick 21 out of 21. Um, now, uh, that's not a commentary on whether I like Clive Palmer or not, but the individual candidate there... Yeah. Um, has given uh, really good answers to 
these really vital questions. And, and that's right throughout the nation. You'll see uh, red or green there. So just, just tell us about the, you know, your impression of the response from uh, the One Nation, UAP, Lib Dems, uh, and these you know, so-called freedom parties, which seem to have energised a lot of people on the centre-right of politics. Yeah, I'd have to say that um, they're a mixed bag. Um, so we've had a few uh, forums as well, and there are some amazing uh, candidates in these so-called freedom parties, the um, minor parties, and and people that I would definitely think, well, I'd, I'd vote for that person. But then they, they have... Um, yeah, as I say, it's sort of like a fruit box, I think, in one way, because there's there's um, people who they allow their people to have more uh, wide-ranging views. We are missing, I think, a party that sticks to just one, um, yeah, has one basic, like, uh, tenet of these are our Christian values and this is what we're going to stick to. So, um, for instance, um, in One Nation, they have one of the best pro-life um, policies that I've ever seen, but Pauline Hanson herself is not necessarily pro-life. She is a supporter of of um, euthanasia, for instance, and and so then you go to the Liberal Democrats. You have uh, Campbell Newman, who is a, a personal friend of of mine and Peter's, but uh, he is a strong supporter of euthanasia. Uh, but again, in the Liberal Democrats, you've got some of their candidates who are strongly pro-life. And this is why, again, we need to really be careful about the candidates and not just follow a party. Um, we need to look at... So the, these minor parties are always more inclined to answer the questionnaire because they don't get the same platform. When we turn on the TV at night, we always see Albanese and we see uh, Morrison and we see some of their people standing behind them, um, the chosen ones, but we don't see the minor parties so much. So they're always keen to answer the questionnaires and that, that's actually helpful for us. I think mean, it's very helpful because there needs to be a contest for ideas and um, the fact that you've gone to the trouble to get their responses, that they've been given the freedom to put this on the record, does give people genuine choice. And uh, yeah. if we're to see movement on some of these intractable issues like the life issues, like uh, the freedom issues, like the sexualisation of children, uh, the political system's going to need competition to put pressure on uh, Labor and Liberal, isn't it? It really is. And so I do reiterate to everybody that... No vote is a wasted vote. So if you if you vote for a minor party, um, number one, and then you very carefully put out your preferences below so that your preferences flow to the major party that you desire, should that your minor party not win, um, then you are not wasting your vote. Uh, be very careful about your preferences. Don't follow the how to vote cards. Just do your own. But it, no vote is a wasted vote. And sometimes when, when we get a high register for a, a pro-life candidate that might be from a minor party and they might not win but they get a high percentage it does a couple of things it actually um, allows them to run again because there's some funding for them to run again their party gets to run again but also it sends a, a very clear message um, to the to the politicians and to the constituency at large yeah yeah Wendy we've got a few um how are you going for time have you got a couple of I'm minutes good. um I'm good, I'm, yeah. I really appreciate your generosity we've got a few audience um some some great comments here I might just uh, read some of those and get you to to comment here um uh Roseanne says if the LNP has lied in answering the ACL survey then that should be noted somehow so that they do not get away with confusing people um that's that's a fair comment um uh Barry says the LNP have been very weak on these issues um Heather says, makes one feel sick to know that babies born alive 
are let to, left to die. There's a lot, lot of disappointment in the comments about, I guess, the current state of our politics that it allows these things. Yeah. I'm not sure that um, the Liberal Party have lied in our questions. I think their answers are disappointing um, yeah. in many cases, but I'm not sure that they have lied. I do believe that um, Scott Morrison um, is a follower of Jesus. Um, I think he's also a very good politician. And I've been grateful um, to have somebody who follows Jesus as the leader of our nation. But there's been a lot of disappointment as well. Yeah, I agree with that, Wendy. Um, I've no doubt of his personal faith and commitment. Uh, In fact, the church I was attending in Brisbane, um, if he was in town, he would often come just without any fanfare and and come and worship there. And I admire that about him. But Mm -hmm. uh, like, like you and so many of our uh, viewers today, uh, I think there's disappointment about what seems to be um, the, the pragmatism that goes with politics, and there's there's got to be some way to, uh, to to be a Daniel or a Joseph uh, to 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 take a principled position and, and let God honour you, I guess, in that position without perhaps yeah. the compromises that we see. Uh, in I have politics. heard of someone like that. His name's Miles Shelton. Um, <laughs> well, that's why I'm not the Prime Minister. Uh. <laughs> but no, it is joking. somebody who doesn't compromise on what what we can't compromise. Like the, the truth is politics is about compromise and that we have to, you know, the Prime Minister has to govern for all Australians. Mm. But there are lines, aren't there? There are uh, this far and no I further. So. I will not cross this line and I will not compromise on, on yeah. life. Um, yeah, That's right. And, and I think even if you can just be, um, uh, you know, state your personal position and, and people, I think, understand there's constraints in politics that not even a Christian prime minister can shift, but at least you can be an advocate for it and, and, and um, you know, perhaps sure. just not say what needs to be said to appease a very woke left-wing media, as we so often see. Yeah. Um, one thing we haven't talked about, um, Lo- uh, Lois uh, says, what about the Manus Island situation? That gets forgotten, and I know many young people who are voting Greens are because of this issue. You've got a question on refugees there, which I thought was a good one, um, but, but I know it doesn't yeah. quite go to Manus, but, yeah. No. Look, I think that, that the Manus Island um, situation is complicated and I think there are things that our government know that we don't know that would, would affect how we think about that. I know that there are um, some people who, who, for various reasons, cannot just be accepted into Australia. Um, there is a, a very detailed system of checking people and we don't know all of that. And so in a, in a way, I, I think let's shift our, our minds to things that we do know and let's do what we can do. And the questions that we were asking were particularly for um, assistance, aid assistance to people wanting to flee from Afghanistan, where, where we're seeing probably a million children will die from starvation this year alone, let alone the persecution that they rece- the women are receiving from the Taliban. And so that's something that we can do, and that is something that the Scott Morrison government has actually really um, budgeted for, so we're grateful for that. But the other issue is people who have been on temporary protection visas for sometimes up to a decade, eight years, they've been um, respectable people in our communities. So they have... They have done everything that um, complied to every law. The problem for them now is that their children are getting to the stage where their children want to um, assimilate in in as much as even go to university. 
And the children can't go to university in our nation without paying international student fees, which often precludes them. So there needs to be some sort of solution for these people who have been on temporary protection visas because they came by boat in a certain period of time. Um, we need to somehow work out what is the pathway to permanency for them. I don't believe that allowing a small number of people to move into a pathway for permanency is going to all of a sudden start the boats. I think that we've got that under control. We need to keep turning back the boats because the boats are just killing people. But yeah. there are a certain number of people who are desperately needing assistance. Yeah, that's really well said, Wendy. Uh, I think you put that brilliantly. I mean, no one wants to see Australia return to um, flotillas that were coming across from Indonesia. You've only got to look at the um, the drone footage of people streaming across the US southern border at the moment at the hands yeah. of people smugglers and the drug cartels. Uh, we certainly don't want that here. But uh, no. as you say, there's got to be a way to help those small number of people who have been caught in the system and, and, tra and trapped in, in limbo land for so long. Yeah. Well, Wendy... Um, it's uh, going to be a big day on Saturday, um, really important for the future of our country. Um, what's your prediction, just to put you on the spot? Yeah, so um, a wise man once said, don't predict an election. <laughs> Do you know, last time I thought, I reckon the, the coalition's going to win. This time I, I'm not so sure. I, I think that there's been a shift. The last... Um, term of government the last three years has been pretty tough for all Australians. We've had the COVID. There's there's an anxiousness in our nation that only God can fill, to be honest. Mm. Um, but that they in in search of what that is, I think that people are going to look, want to change um, because they're looking for something different. Uh, and they, they really should find that in God. But at the moment, you know, we've got we've had the floods, we've had fires, we've had um, you know, even the war in Ukraine is very unsettling for people, the China um, factor, and then, of course, COVID. I think people are thinking we need anything but the same. Uh, so I, I think we, we could see a change of government. Yeah, no, that's that's interesting, Wendy. Um, I, I think um, it, it makes it all the more reason, as we were saying earlier, that people are careful with their preferences. I, I'm just going to mm -hmm. say up front and um, that, you know, I, I wouldn't like to see the coalition lose government. Um, I, I think they're a better alternative, despite the major weaknesses that you and I have discussed in the last half hour. But uh, I think if you're worried about freedom of speech and freedom of religion and all of these things, um, it's going to be much worse uh, under a Labor-Greens government. This is me being partisan. I know ACL's non-partisan. Non but um, I just think um, we need to be very careful with what we do with our preferences, uh, by all means, vote for a so-called freedom party, but but check where the candidates stand, and you've given us the the tools to do that. Uh, but make sure those preferences, um, you know, go, go to one of the major parties. And, and I would say, if you really want to protect freedom, make sure your party your your preferences go back to the coalition. They don't uh, exhaust or or end up, um, you know, with uh, the Greens or Teals or, or, or Labor. But uh, that's just my commentary, Wendy. But uh, I don't want to put you in there. Wendy, you've been um, very gracious. I really appreciate your time today. I appreciate the hard work that you and the team at ACL have done. Uh, it's just fantastic to see the work going from strength to strength and um, the quality of the voter education and the information and, uh, and the terrific campaign that you're running uh, against those who cross the floor on uh, religious freedom uh, is fantastic. So, Wendy, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, Lyle. Thanks for having me.